1: Hello, and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPL Roundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with the 2019 Summer Transfer Window Review. Of course, you know that means who's joining me. It is Dave Hendrick. You can find him on Twitter at Dave Hendrick underscore if he lets you follow him. Uh, you can also find his lovely dulcet tones over at Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro. Dave, Awesome to have you back on. It was a wild transfer window. It has just ended, uh, obviously, because the European window Premier League players were still able to go, most of them from Arsenal. Uh, what did you make from this window on the whole?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think a lot of teams have had interesting windows. I think bigger clubs who needed quite a bit, kind of half-arsed, if, if I can be <laughs> kind, but um, I think some of the more interesting windows are from some of the teams that maybe are looking to break into the top six. But I think the teams in the top six all left a little meat in the bone.
1: Yeah, it was definitely interesting. I totally agree that I think most clubs did at least one thing interesting, whether by action or inaction. Um, but yeah, I, I did I did like Tottenham. So obviously we will come to that far later. But I do agree on the whole um, that it really seems like the chasing pack both got their scouting done very well, made some pretty astute signings. I, I thought, you know, I- on the whole, all of my grades, which obviously we will get to in the body of the podcast, uh, not many super low grades from me. Mostly season up, as opposed to like in January, you get D's and F's thrown in. Mm. Um, I thought most people did fairly okay this window, if not a little bit better. Um, but without a uh, alluding to too much more than that. We may as well just dive in. We're going to be here for a while. This will come out in two episodes, both on EPL Roundtable, so be sure to stay tuned for that second one. But we'll just get going now. I'll start off with Arsenal because, as always, it's hilarious. Arsenal falls to me. You get uh, Everton and Manchester United, so if you're fans of those clubs, buckle up. But Arsenal, I'm actually going to be fairly kind to. Um, I've given them a B B+. Uh, some of the reasoning... Uh, being the expectation set. So for me, just as a person, as Kevin DeVries, a lot of my reactions to things are based on the expectations I had before it. So movies that end up being really good, I'll have a negative impression of because I thought they would be better. Stuff like that. So when Arsenal were allegedly only going to have 30 million pounds to spend this summer, I was like, oh great, Arsenal are going to have a super crap window. They're going to easily finish outside the top four. No worries for Tottenham. We're super safe top three. Obviously, this was either a... Tail spun by Arsenal to lower the prices throughout the market, or somebody just got some report very wrong and then it was spread very widely. Um, but obviously that ended up being nonsense. So uh, there there were some creative deals worked by them, like hmm. the William Saliba deal is interesting. Um, the the Ceballos one with the fee now no option to buy. Um, the Kieran Tierney deal is twenty five, but it could get up to thirty five with incentives. The Nicolas Pepe one's in installments, so. There were a lot of kind of shifting of pots of money to get all of this business done, but they end up signing a lot of really quality players. Um, The one thing I will say is that some of these fees could become quite burdensome if they fail to make the Champions League. And I assume that's one of the reasons why people thought they wouldn't spend that much is them and United are on this like race to the bottom of how much money can we spend while not making Champions League money. Um, But like I said, the Ceballos deal lends into that really well um because there's no option to buy so it's just 4.5 million this year and then see what happens next year if they're in the Champions League maybe they can do like Chelsea did with Kovacic and bring him back um like I said Saliba isn't even really on the payroll this year uh, since he stayed at Saint-Étienne but in particular the crown jewel of this window Dave I'm sure you'll agree has to be Nicolas Pepe I've already seen people criticizing him but that's insane um because of his talent he was ridiculous for Lille last year finished second in the league in both goals and assists was linked with Bayern, PSG, he was even linked with Liverpool for a while, um, but somehow ends up at Arsenal. I I assume it's because there is a small risk that he just had the one elite year, Um, but for me, I think the talent far outweighs that concern. also interesting, as I mentioned, Ceballos and William Saliba, both of whom were allegedly being chased by Tottenham, so I'm sure Arsenal fans will be delighted to have gotten both of them on the whole, but also having gotten one over air quotes on Tottenham. Um, Tottenham did drop interest in Ceballos when there was no option to buy, but like I said, I think Arsenal were just willing to get him in the door, see what happens, um, knowing that he can kind of... Push them on in Europa League and hopefully into the top four, which at the moment, as was discussed on the full show on Sunday, I think they're favorites to, to end up in that top four with maybe Chelsea and United being the ones that fall out. But we won't get into all of that for now. Um, but I, I think they did well, especially with the Ceballos thing, to avoid making them a massive financial commitment this summer. Um, but anyway, Saliba, one of the most talented young defenders in the game. Um, as I said, still going to be a Saint-Etienne for a year, but I mean, this is an elite talent at that position, which young center backs, not always as easy to project. I certainly have my issues with Davinson Sanchez who had that label a couple of years ago. Um, but just to get somebody of that talent at that position where Arsenal have struggled for so long, I thought was key. Um, then deadline day deals, Tierney and Louise, both to improve the talent level of the defense. But I'm curious to get your thoughts, Dave. Do you think adding Tierney and Louise actually makes them a better defense, despite them being more talented there?
2: Um, Tierney definitely does. Kieran Tierney's a good defender. He's certainly a much better defender than Nacho Monreal or uh, Saeed mm. Klasnek, who've held that position for the last few years. Um, I think at 25 million, I think it's I think it's fair value. Um, he's obviously very young. He's got. A lot of games under his belt. He's got leadership that he'll bring to the team as well, which is something they've lacked in defensive areas. And he's got versatility. He can play right back. He can play in the center. You could use him in, in defensive midfield if necessary. He couldn't be worse than Granit Um I really like Tierney. I think that's a fantastic bit, bit of business for them. Um, Luis, as, as comical as he is, he is a, an upgrade on Mustafi on the ball even if he's just as bad defensively, so at least there's that. I don't think he'll improve defensively, but as a footballing team, he'll make them a little bit better. Agreed. I think he's a better better organiser as well. Um, he just loses a whole run of himself after he's... It's like someone that goes into a kitchen, cleans it all up, and then takes a dump on the floor. That's pretty much David, uh, David Luiz. <laughs> um, Nicolas Pepe is a, a great signing. A great signing. He was really good against you guys. It's he was really good against us. His end product needs work. That's natural. He compares very favourably with Sadio Mane. If you look at their numbers mm. in and around the same age, they're very, very similar. Same type of profile. Um, if he becomes two thirds of Mane, then he's going to be a good player for Arsenal. I think, <clears throat> I agree with you. I think they're the favourites to get fourth. I've said this from the minute they signed Nicolas Pepe they've done what Liverpool did in Klopp's first year and under Brendan Rodgers. They've put all their money in their attack and they've said, we'll just, we're just going to blast our way into the top four because that is the easiest route into the top four is just to get lots and lots of goals. Liverpool did it a couple of times and it worked really, really, really well for them. I mean, you can look at Leicester when they won the title. Mm. They were okay defensively. And obviously they had Cante midfield, but the two reasons they won the league were Riyad Mahrez and Jamie Vardy. Like we should all be honest about that. That's what won them the league is just having those two having elite seasons. Um Saliba, like you say, I mean, this kid is this kid is a phenomenal talent. Huge, huge prospect. The fee is higher than I would have been comfortable with. He he was my number one pick for Liverpool to get this summer. As a fourth choice centre back who we could develop, um, but I I thought twelve to fifteen million at twenty seven for us it, it wouldn't have been a a wise move because we have other we had other needs now we'll talk about Liverpool later but I wouldn't have been comfortable committing that much money to a fourth centre back but for Arsenal I think it's worth doing I still think they'll need to go out next summer and buy another centre back to partner with him. And if it was me, I'd go and I'd buy another young centre-back and develop that pairing. Because, look, two elite prospects at centre-back playing every game, yes, they'll make mistakes, but those mistakes will eradicate over games. Whereas if you play the likes of Mustafi and David Luiz, those guys are 30 and above, and they're still making the same mistakes. They're making a 20. So they've paid a high premium. Part of that is because you guys jumped into the race and pushed the, pushed the price up in the air. Um, and obviously they had to loan him back for this for this season but i think long term he turns out to be a very very good signing um they bought in that young brazilian winger as well martinelli who looks a talented player um the only one i'm i'm actually not all that keen on is danny sabios i've really? just never been a fan yeah i mean i, I can but, I, I mean for 4.5 million i mean <clears throat> yeah as a loan no i i mean as as a player i'm not all that keen on them. the deal i like as a loan where you've got no obligation to buy him, fine. Take a gamble. If it works, great. Mm. But go and buy someone better next summer. If it doesn't work, you lose nothing. You send him on his way. I'm um, I, I just not a fan of him as a player. He's technically very good, but I think his mentality is not what it needs to be. I think physically he really, really struggles to impose himself. I mean, he came on the North London derby, and he might as well not have been on the pitch. I didn't think he had any influence on the game, really. Um, So, for me, I'm not a big fan of his. But overall, I like what they've done. I just don't think they did enough. Um, I'd give them a B-, minus, maybe into a flat B, because I I think the ceiling on Tierney and Saliba is very, very high. Mm -hmm. And Pepe, I, I think, with Aubameyang and Lacazette could be lethal. But... Big issues for Arsenal still exist this sum this season. They have no said <coughs> no centre backs worthy of the name, um, and who is their midfield? Because I look at that their squad and Lucas Torreira is the only midfielder I'd want.
1: It should be a three um, of Gwidozi, Torreira, and Ceballos. It should. Ozel and Jaka on the outside looking in.
2: Yeah, and and that's the thing. But I mean, even even at that, you look. There's going to be games where they get outplayed, but I I do think that midfield runs the risk of teams with physical midfields just running over them. True. Because other if than we had Torreira had this, fit,
1: that would have been more
2: You would have, have absolutely wiped the floor with them. I mean, when, when Sissoko, who you know I don't rate at all, <laughs> every time he got it into his head to just run with the ball... They couldn't do anything. They had no idea what to do with him. It was like a horse had gotten onto the pitch and was galloping, and everybody was just terrified. Now, luckily for them, as soon as he gets into the penalty area region, his brain <laughs> he can't shuts do down.
1: Anything, yeah.
2: and he's just—he's a hopeless wreck of a man. But I, I just think—I I think they needed one more. I think they could have gone and gotten themselves somebody who would have added some much-needed physicality and ball-winning to that midfield. Um, I mean, I look at Nahatan Nandes, who left Boca Juniors to go to yeah. Cagliari for like eleven million. I think they could have found that and and brought him in I think he would have made all the sense for them. Um but yeah I mean I like I like what they've done I just I don't think they did enough that's my my only argument but I think they had a couple of good outs and I think that's also important. Yeah
1: for sure. I like
2: that they've rid themselves of Laurent Kischalni because the the fascination they had with him um was bizarre he was mm okay years ago and he's been largely terrible ever since um, they got great money for Alex Awobi, who's a talented player but never not really that established talented. <laughs> no not not 28 rising to 40 not that kind of level of talented um, the one I didn't like uh, in terms of out is the young defender uh, Beliak the, the Polish in defender Bielik? they sold yeah, to no. Derby I know they got very, very good money for him, but, I mean, you know, is he worse than Mustafi? I don't see that he could be. You could have tried to develop him, and then maybe you have a partner ready for Saliba when he arrives. Um, Good to rid themselves of the Leica Licksteiner and some of those older guys that were, you know, Carl Jenkinson, who they were still paying big money because he had a couple of good games five years ago. And uh, Nacho Monreal, who, who's been on big money there, um, you know, all in all, I think they had a good window. But again, I, I just think they they needed more and could have done a little bit more. Just one more in midfield. And I think this would have been a very successful window.
1: Yeah, agreed. I, I think the outgoings do help this. And I think that's what pushed me up to a B plus. Um, but, yeah, that's that's where I ended up as well. I think it's a very solid window for Arsenal. And I think, as we both mentioned, probably pushes them into the top four, whereas before this window, I don't think either was, would have had them there. All right, next up is Aston Villa. Dave, what were your thoughts on their summer?
2: Well, they they didn't hold back, did they? Um, they very much went all out this sure summer. Did. Um, they A bit of a mixed bag, I think. I mean, they brought in Jota from Birmingham, who's a talented playmaker who will give them more creativity, uh, along with Jack Grealish. Anwar Anwar El Ghazi, who was there last season on loan, they finalized that deal from Lille. I I like this. I think he's a good player. But I also like the continuity of keeping players that helped you get into the Premier League. It worked very well for Wolves last year. Stuff like that is why they didn't do a full but we can get into that later. Exactly, exactly. Um... You know, Courtney House from from Wolves kind of falls into the same category. Matt Target from Southampton's a good left back. Esri Konza from Brentford is, is a very good young centre-back that I think will do well. They brought in uh, Bjorn Engels as well as another centre-back option. He's a good player. Trezeguet, the Egyptian, he's very, very talented, but looks like he needs to learn how to tackle. Um, but obviously had a great he African Cup of Nations. So, you know, he can he can really add something to that team going forward. Douglas Luis, I like I mean, this there's a guy Arsenal could have brought in as defensive midfielder for 15 million. Absolutely, it's a good signing. I really like the deal to bring in Tom Heaton. I think he's a very good goalkeeper. I think eight million's a steal. The other two then, they're two biggest signings. They brought in Wesley from Bruges. I like him. I like his game. I like his yeah. attitude. I like his work rate. Hmm. I don't think he gets enough goals I think I think he's good as one of a two if you've got a consistent fifteen to twenty Premier League goal a season striker next to him. I don't think they have that and I think that could cost them and then Tyron Mings who look they had him last season he was very good for them the championship, but twenty million for Tyron Mings that to me you've paid twice what he's worth and you know, you're buying them from Bournemouth. Bournemouth overpay to buy players. They don't tend to overcharge to get rid of them. I think that's a, a bad signing. I think he's a decent player, but I think 20 million, you really could have done a lot better. Um, I, I think all in all, it's a good, solid window. Um, I think they've addressed most of their areas in need. I think they've gotten themselves good depth at centre back, which is important in this league. Like I mentioned with Target, I think he's a good left back. Douglas Luis, I really yeah. like him as a holding midfielder, and I like Trezeguet and and Jota as as options to add to the you know their attacking play. Um, I think a B plus, but like I say, I, I think they need one more who'll get them regular, consistent goals. that's the one thing that kind of nags at me that they didn't do this summer and they spent an awful lot of money. Um, It's going to be an interesting couple of of months to see how they integrate all these players. But all in all, I think they can be very happy and I really like that they've shown ambition and it's not like Fulham where they've just kind of gone, oh, he's a good player, throw money at him. He's a good player, throw money at him. They seem to have really thought every one of these signings out.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if it'll be enough to keep them up. Also, I think I'm more down on Wesley than you are, although you did catch your initial statement by saying he doesn't score enough goals, which I think is my main issue. I think Aston Villa just thought they were getting Benteke again, and I don't think they are, at least that era of Benteke. Maybe maybe closer to what Crystal Palace have in him right now. So I was a little surprised that they paid so much for him. Totally agree on El Ghazi and Target. I think those are great, especially both on the left. Um, I, I think not signing Matt Target is one of the reasons why Fulham struggled so much last year, is that they missed out on him and then had to look elsewhere. Um, Heaton, like you say, great signing as well. And Bjorn Engels, for those that don't know, is probably the heir apparent to one of her and or Toby um, for the Belgian national team as well. So they look, you know, the, all of those improvements are very good. Um, Mings is a bit of a nutcase and is not worth $20 million, but if you look at it through the lens like you just said of consistency of, of players that were there last year it helps with that um, so I think I'm willing to, to accept that as well. I've given them a B. I think it was a lot of players to bring in. Some of them were familiar with them but that's where I've ended up on it. Any final thoughts on them?
2: I think they will stay up but I think that in large part comes to the fact that I think there's a lot of bad teams in the league, mm. um, a number of bad teams who have survived in previous years because there was worse teams <laughs> rather than anything they did themselves.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but I I think they could finish fifteenth sixteenth. Um, you know, it. I think I think they'll do more in January. That's the thing. I think there's real mm. ambition there from this ownership. Um, and I think if things go go bad as well. They won't be scared to change the manager if they feel like it goes stale with him. They will make the change, and I think that's where a lot of newly promoted clubs fall down. They try and let managers work their way out of it because they feel like they owe them a debt of gratitude for getting them up. There's no place for that kind of sentimentality in the Premier League. If it's got if the rot sets in, you, you're done. I don't think Villa will let that happen if things go go south for them. So I I just think there's enough there. And if they add a little bit more in January... And I should say, I do like the manager. I think he's I think he's good. Um, but I think if, if they can add one more in January... They get someone who can get them 10 goals in the second half of the season... I think they'll be good. Yeah. Could certainly see that happening.
1: Um, next up is Bournemouth. Because, again, we refuse to count them first... Despite the AFC at the beginning of their name. Looking at you, Premier League website. Um, but, uh, for me, it, it wasn't exactly a high-profile summer for the club... But for me, I I think that's when Bournemouth do some of their best business, is when they're kind of not out there splashing the cash on the likes of Lerma or Liverpool-famed duo Solanke and Ibe, neither of whom have regular starting spots for the club. Um, Speaking of Liverpool there, Lloyd Kelly was somebody I know Liverpool were interested in for a while, um, but he does end up at Bournemouth, which is a nice little steal for them. Um, he was at Bristol City last year, and he has a really impressive frame at 6'3". He hasn't really filled it out yet, but he can play pretty much any spot in the back line just 20 years old, so uh, all of that will probably come together for them. Just because I don't mind their wingbacks in Adam Smith and Charlie Daniels and um, even Sergio Rico, who I know hasn't really gotten a whole bunch of love since moving there, I, I kind of think maybe his best spot might be next to Ake, but I know you, you were a fan of uh. Oh, crap, I forget his name. The center back they signed in January. That's um, Mefum. Right, Mefum. So we'll, we'll kind of see where uh, he ends up landing in that defense, but I think in arguably a, a good deal getting him in, and then you, you figure out where you're going to play him a bit later. Um, admittedly, I don't know that much about Jack Stacey or Arnott D'Njuma? Hmm. but I did like billing as a pickup. Uh, I think he was basically the only decent player at Huddersfield for months last year um, when Moy was out injured. Uh, I, I, If you press me to say what Billig's best attribute was, though, I think I kind of struggle. For me, he's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type, um, but he contributes in a lot of different ways, um, and, and I think he should really bring balance in the Bournemouth midfield, especially while uh, Lewis Cook is still out. Um, in, in terms of goalkeeper, it was a little surprising to see Begovic go on deadline day, but for those that don't know, Ramsdale has been starting this season. I think they really just want to see what they have in him. The fact they don't really have a backup option other than Archer Borch is a little bit concerning for me. Um, but I guess they're just fine with that. Uh, as for other sales, um, they handled the market really well because they didn't make that many other ones outside of Mings and, and Muset, which brought them about $30 million combined, which is insane. Um, they yeah. kept both Fraser and Wilson, which had to be their primary goal coming into this window. Um, so being able to keep those guys, like I said, bringing in uh billing and kelly getting rid of mings and, and mousset for legitimate money I, I think is a really really good window for bournemouth i've given them an a minus
2: yeah and, and they're my first day as well uh kev i really like lloyd kelly i like the versatility i like the aggression and how he plays i think he has scoped improve on the ball but i think defensively you're working with you know a, a, a good starting model um Jack Stacey I saw bits and pieces of because I watched a bit of Luton last year because I very much liked James Justin who ended up at Leicester. Stacey's, he's decent. He's, is he Premier League ready? I'm not sure, but at four million it's worth the gamble. Um, Billing I really like as a pickup. I think, I think if they can play him and Lerma together, I think it gives them a really good base. Um, Now they'll pick up quite a few yellow cards, but Lewis Cook will be back in probably a month or two. Then they've got three players of a similar level who they can mix and match, and I think that's very strong for them. Um, Dan Juma, I've seen bits and pieces of. Um, he looks very, very talented, a little bit raw, a little bit inconsistent, but you expect that with a 22-year-old. The big plus of, of that move, of course, is it gave Club Bruges the money to buy Simon Mignolet, which you know took away years of nightmares from me. Um they brought in Harry Wilson on loan, which is a solid deal. Um, I don't know how good he is. He's a great free kick taker, great corner taker, good crosser of the ball, and he can shoot well. But in general play, I think he's lacking quite a bit. But I think I think in, in the right situation, he can be very productive. And I think they've got a clever manager there. You know, I, I think... I think we're all fans of Eddie Howe in, in terms of how he likes to play and what he's done at Bournemouth. So, I I, I like what they've done in, in their incoming, um, and and their incomings would probably be a B plus for me. But it's those two outgoings that you mentioned, Mings and Moussée, that gets them to an A because to get thirty million for, I would argue, twelve million worth of talent. Mm. Um, I think is clever. And I think they've been smart with their loans as well. Um, they haven't, like, they've loaned out a whole bunch of players. But, like, to loan out Begovic, but only till January, means that if things don't go well with Ramsdale, maybe Begovic comes back and can compete for a position. I, like you, I think they needed a goalkeeper, even if it was just a backup. Like, Tom Heaton would have made a whole bunch of sense for them as a starter. Because I don't know how good Ramsdale is. Yeah. We, I haven't seen enough of him. But,. Um, I know Boric isn't very good but yeah I mean I I like what they've done I think they're building a good squad I think the biggest plus for them is that they didn't spunk 15 to 20 million on a player from Liverpool um, who likely wouldn't be starting for them so that's progress and I'm all about progress so yeah hats off a a, a very good window for for Bournemouth I'll give them an A
1: yeah it's even higher than me so interesting stuff from you for sure Uh, next up is Brighton and Hove Albion Dave what do you got
2: I don't really know being completely honest with you, uh, Kev. looking at their at what they've done, they've brought in Matt Clark from Portsmouth, uh, Le- Leandro Tussard from Genk, who I do like. I think he's a, a, a decent player. I think 18 million on the high side for him, but he, he will add something to their attack, which they've been lacking. Adam Webster for 20 million. Um, that's a big overpay in my book especially when it didn't really seem like a position of need. Didn't they spend years telling us that Duncan Duffy were yeah. one of the best pairings in the league? So I, I, I'm not sure he's better than either of those. Now, what I'm thinking is they brought in Webster with the thought that Lewis Dunk was going because there was a lot of talk that he was going to go to Leicester. Right. And maybe they, that's what they did there. Um, I think they've overpaid for Neil Mapoy. M- I don't know, whatever his name is. Mope. Yeah. Uh, Mope. He I mean he's a good player, but the rumored fee was fifteen million or so. So I, I don't know that he's worth that. But it's a it's a decent summer. I i I think their best signing is for sure Aaron Moy um on loan from Huddersfield. I think to get a player like him on loan is is clever business. Um I'm really not sure. I, I think it, it they've brought in decent players. But part of me looks at it and thinks that's the type of window you have when you're preparing to be in the championship next year. Um, I really, really like Graham Potter. I really do. I think he's a very good appointment as manager. And I think he plays a, a decent style of football. I think what they're doing is, in terms of this season, I think they're depending on certain players who were already in the squad, like Davy, Proper, Bernardo, um, Yohan Bakesh. Yeah, gross. Finding their best level and, you know, producing something. I have to say I was a little surprised that they let Andone go um, because he was starting and, yeah. and contributing for them. So that, that struck me as odd. Not really surprised to see Lacardi like, go on loan. It hasn't really worked from Larry because they stuck him on the left wing for quite a while. Um, but yeah, I just, it's an odd window. It really, really is. And it it's also striking to me that a club like Brighton, who are, I mean, to be kind, they're one of the three or four smallest clubs in the league. And yet they've got 20, 21 players out on loan this year. Like, I, I don't think you need to be stockpiling guys. I think sell them, put that money back into the first team. Mm. I think they're in for a tough season.
1: That's um, interesting. It's a C for me. See, this is, this is going to be our first uh, point of contention. I actually really like this window. I, I agree that Trossard and Mopé were both overpays. But in the, in the um, episode we did in, what was that, June, probably, after the Champions League final, we mentioned yeah. that the thing they needed to do was get a winger that could provide goals. And then they went out yeah. and got Trossard, who scored or assisted in 70% of his matches. Like, yes, but it, they overpaid. But is 2 or 3 million pounds worth more than the, like, 10 to 15 goals he could provide this year? Probably not. Mope was third in the championship in scoring last year behind Puki and Abraham. People may have heard of them this season, Pretty having pretty decent starts. Um, and as you mentioned, Moy, I mean, he, he just has one of the weirdest, most interesting player IDs I think I have ever seen. Um, obviously a little late to the football scene. Uh, being American and such but then they top off those signings which I really liked with what they did in January which was just stash some talent they bring in Matt Clark Taylor Richards Romarek Yappi like all of those are just like McAllister and Tao in January where they're just like I don't know get young players own them give them those loans like I, I do agree that they're loaning out a lot of their players and I would have liked to see McAllister and Tao in the Premier League but I'm assuming Potter who both of us like just didn't think they were ready yet um, so I, I I agree with you that much like in January they are assuming that they will stay up. They are investing in their future in a way that implies that they're like yeah we'll be here we'll survive until then. Um, so we'll see if that comes true. But I think this was actually a pretty well balanced window. I've given them a B plus. You get three starters. You get three prospects for the future. I, I'm I'm fine with
0: that.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it, it's absolutely fair. I think the Webster one is the the deal that kind of threw me the most. Yeah, um, because he didn't really impress me a whole lot when I saw him at Ipswich. He was okay at Bristol, but I, you know, even the I think they paid like four million with add-ons that could double that, and even even at that eight kind of ten million, I'd have been struggling to see it with him but they've paid 20 rising to 22 and from like for me it is awesome. you're almost you, you're, you're almost in, like william saliba costs 27 and there's a vast gulf in quality between what you're getting in, in, between those <laughs> yeah. two plus this guy's like 5 years older than saliba as well
1: yeah cuz for those that don't know saliba is 18 19 yeah the he's a kid around. like yeah I agree with you. That that one does drag it down, but they filled their biggest need that we had both addressed. So for me, they, they get a little yeah. boost from that. But totally fine for us to disagree, although oftentimes we do not. Uh, I doubt that you will have many different feelings on Burnley, though, who I was not super impressed by this summer. Uh, some decent additions. The return of Jay Rodriguez, I'm sure, will get the fans excited. Um, bringing in established pros like Drinkwater and Peters. Not saying they were great. They were just established. Um, but so those three, fine. Great. Bring them into the Premier League. Burnley are not at risk of going down, in my opinion. So that's fine. You just you just kind of muddle your way through the season. But for me, this all took a turn on European deadline day when DeFore departed. Because this team, with the potential upside of the 10 to 15 matches DeFore has fit in a season, fair enough. The midfield is okay enough that when you have DeFore in, and that's just baked into his value um, that he is... Most frequently hurt, but knowing that at times of the season you'll have a player like DeFore either off the bench or starting, I think elevated this Burnley squad. Removing that upside just makes it look like a lot of players that just aren't very good for me. Um, so I was really surprised they let him go. As you mentioned, they let Heaton go for eight million. I totally understand why they could not, you know, demand more when they already have two other goalkeepers they're comfortable with. Although, based on the cup performance, maybe not Joe Hart, um, or the last three years. Um, but. Uh, he was the captain for a while and that departure may sting the squad a bit, even though, you know, they were always going to have to choose between one of Pope and Heaton and logically they chose the younger one. All of that makes sense, but I'm not sure that's a good dressing room move. Um, they've gotten off to a hot start with Barnes playing well, but the purchases just don't encourage me. I think they're going to be bottom half of the table. I don't really think they're going to be, um at significant risk of going down. I I just think they're set for another year of Premier League football. It'll be fun. They'll get some surprise results here and there, but I don't think they did enough to significantly improve.
2: I I agree. Um, I I did like the signing of Bailey Peacock-Farrell, the young Northern Ireland goalkeeper Mm. that they brought in from Leeds. And you would hope that common sense will prevail and he will be the cup goalkeeper or the the backup goalkeeper moving forward and that Joe Hart will be jettisoned to the stands or the car park or basically as far away from the football pitch (laughs) as possible. Because I mean, it it just, it's, it it hasn't worked. They brought him in because they were desperate because Heaton and Pope were injured at the start of last season. He was by far, I think the worst goalkeeper in the league for the first half of the season. He'd been appalling with West Ham. He was abysmal. (laughs) with torino i cr- still credit to him for taking the torino move and yeah, going abroad you know a lot of english players aren't willing to do that but he's just not the caliber of goalkeeper that's required anymore um it's a staggering fall from where he was say five years ago but it is what it is look it's a very burnley window eric peters is a very burnley player coming from stoke jay rodriguez was at burnley for you know a, a number of years um He's obviously had some injury problems. He's never really been the same after that bad knee injury he suffered in 2014 when he looked, for all intents and purposes, like he was capable of going on to, you know, maybe a top eight club. So, like, you know, he, he just hasn't had the career that he, I, I think he was capable of having because of the injuries. But it's it's a good signing for them. Um, drink waters, he's okay. And he'll bring more of the same in midfield. Um, yeah, another one like Cork and Westwood, they play like their haircuts, you know, nice and neat and tidy, nothing too ambitious, but it's not exactly going to get you too excited. It's a very Burnley window. As I say, I'm with you. I mean, the fact that that's Stephen DeFore was ever at Burnley kind of shows that his career didn't pan out the way it should have because of the injuries. The fact that they've canceled his contract um, and let him go for nothing. That, to me, is is a sign that maybe the injuries are, are worse than we were led to believe. Uh, but certainly, his quality will be lacked, uh, will be will be missed. I should say. Um, the only thing we can hope is that cousin Jeff regains a bit of form and gets himself back into the midfield. Because uh, Liverpool obviously played them through again, and, and stodgy would be the word I'd use to describe how their midfield functioned <laughs> without him. Um, but all in all, I mean, it's it's a solid window. It's you know they've I think that I think the big thing for Burnley is just the status quo. I think they just need to do Burnley things, get themselves all, off to a good start. You know, have twenty five points when after the first you know run of games is over. So the nine, first nineteen games before it turns around. Um, and once they do that, they'll be fine. So. I'll give them a B, largely because they didn't do anything too silly. Uh, probably a B minus because you know, don't need drink water. Um, but you know, it's it's just it's the most Burnley window possible.
1: Yeah, I've given it a C minus. It, it probably would have been either a C plus or a B. No, no, it would have just been a C. And then the loss of De makes it a C minus for me. Just not not too much about it. Here's some light work for you. You get Chelsea, obviously have the transfer ban, but. Kovacic does come back as he was already registered which let them skirt that rule um, and then obviously also Pulisic who they did technically sign in January comes mm. into the club this summer. Uh, what did you make of those incomings and outgoings?
2: I, I very much like both of those players. I've been a Kovacic fan since he was at dean Zagreb. Moza Mozagreb. I'd, I'd very much like to have him at Liverpool. Um, I think in the right system he's a very very good player Pulisic again. I, I I very much like him. I'd like him at Liverpool. I'm a little surprised that he didn't end up at Liverpool. All things considered, um, but when you see what they what they had to let go, been Eden Hazard. I, I, there's no way they they're not going to be worse because Eden Hazard was by far and away their best player. And as good as Pulisic might become, he, he's, he's not Eden Hazard now. Um, you know, they sold Ole who I think could be starting for them. I think he's good enough to start for them. And I think this is another sign with this club that they have all these fantastic young players and they loan them and they loan them and then they just sell them without ever giving them a real chance. I mean, Thomas Callas, how many loans did that poor guy have to suffer through? Uh, he's he's finally gotten away from them off to Bristol. They've made very good money on these players. I mean, to get eight million for Callas, who was never ever going to play a game for you again, um, that's that's good business. To get five and a half million for for Angban, who's you know just a standard run of the mid, mid midfielder, that's good business as well. I don't really know how to judge this. I think it's it would be very unfair to be harsh because they couldn't do any better. I mean, the only reason they were allowed to sign Kovacic, and, and I think the only reason they did sign Kovacic is because they had him on loan last year and a loophole allowed them to buy him. I don't know that they wanted to keep him um, because, you know, he didn't perform all that well last year under Sarri, but it could be different under Lampard this year. The thing for me, that the hardest thing for me to wrap my head around is the managerial, managerial situation that's taken place there. They... Fought and fought and fought to get Conte. They got him. Then they treat him like dirt after he won them the league. Then they fought and fought and fought to get Sari. They waited and waited and waited to get Sari. They had to pay money to get Sari, even though he, he had left Napoli. They still had to pay Napoli money. Then they had to pay Conte to go away. And then a year later, Sarri's out the door, and Lampard is coming in off the back of finishing, what, sixth in the championship. Um and showing no discernible tactical nous, no in-game management, just a bit of passion and playing a few youngsters. I think the big thing for them is that this type of window will allow them to explore their young players. So you mentioned Tammy Abraham early on. Mason Mount obviously has started the season in very good form. But I don't know. I think to be fair, I have to give them a C if, if, In the grand scheme of things, though, if you factor in Lampard, factor in the big drop-off from losing Eden Hazard, and the likelihood, I think, that they miss Champions League, I think it's probably a D. But I'm going to give them a C, to be fair, um, based on the fact that they they couldn't buy anybody.
1: Yeah, it's a C for me as well, but I think it portends good things for the future rather than bad ones. I, I agree that they're probably going to miss Champions League this year, but I think they had to know that with the transfer ban, with bringing in a manager who they could actually stick with instead of just immediately booting, although famous last words. Um, but I think finally, as you pointed out, for a lot of time they've just wasted their youth, but I think it's impressive that you know this year they've started Tomori, they've started Mount, they've started Abraham. So at least some of them are getting a chance. You'd imagine Callum Hudson and Doyle will get the start. Allegedly, he's going to be fit after the international break, which is insane considering the injury he had and when he had it. Um, but on the whole- if that's
2: true, then we, the injury can't have been nearly as bad as they as we right. were led to believe, because yeah. a torn Achilles is twelve months. Yeah, it's I mean, it's, a, like it's one of the tougher. Yeah,
1: it's one of the tougher injuries to come back with in all the sports. In the NBA, it, it can be a career. Yeah. Under. Um, But I suppose there is more jumping in that sport. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a C for me for this window. But I think that in two or three years' time, this window will have been what created the core of the future Chelsea team, because their their lack of ability to cover all of their young players with overrated. Players that they'll then sell for less money two years later, um, I think will you know actually benefit them in the long term. But for the window itself, it has to be a C. You you get in one player that you probably didn't like, as you say, just just because you can literally add them to your squad when you can't add anyone else. Um, and then the sales, like you said, I they shouldn't have let a lot of those people go, but you know they got. And money they've loaned for them. out
2: four hundred players again, again
1: as is tradition. Um, And then the Eden Hazard one obviously hurts, but they already knew that was coming, so I don't think they'll be too blindsided by that. All right, moving on to Crystal Palace. Uh, They did not do much. It was a decent enough window. McCarthy and Ayu probably don't lend too much confidence to Palace fans. They're both decent, solid Premier League players. Um, The latter does lead them in goals. Ayu does. He's already secured them six points against uh, United and who was it last week? Villa? Yeah, Villa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's fine. (laughs) Um, They've left themselves dangerously short up front, but I'll loop back to that. Uh, The Cahill signing for me, I think, is the most interesting one because Cahill and Sacco is actually a really good duo. Well, at least it would have been a few years ago. Um, If both of them are fit at the same time, like that's a really good defense in front of Guaita, who I think is a very underrated Premier League goalkeeper somehow. Um, I think it's a pretty decent decent, uh, center-back-to-goalkeeper thing. The odd thing, of course is the sale of Wamba Saka. You and I both came on this very show and said we didn't think he was going to go. He said he didn't mm-hmm. want to go. We talked about how expensive it is to buy players when they don't want to go. Look at Wilfred Zaha, and then all of a sudden he was just gone. For what was it? 40 million? Did it end up being? 50. 50 million. 50. I mean, that's still a fair chunk of change. Probably better that they have that money, but then the fact that they didn't invest in that position at all was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Like, you can let him go. That's fine. Get your money, get your replacement, but Apparently, they're just fine with their right back being Joel Ward again. That seems very, very odd to me, um, considering they finally had somebody that could supplant him in Wambasaka, let him leave, and then just kind of give him his job back. That that was very poor business. Also, no striker up front. They're just hoping that either Zaha gets more comfortable as a forward, Jordan Ayu becomes what he was supposed to be like four years ago, or that Benteke suddenly reco- recovers some semblance of previous form. None of those seem particularly likely for me, but with all of those negatives comes the big positive, which is, of course, that they managed to hold on to Wilfred Zaha, was excellent last year when playing on the left, not so much when playing through the middle, uh, as I kind of already alluded to, if his head is right. If he can put all of the transfer stuff, the submitting a transfer request on deadline day, if he can put all of that behind him, Crystal Palace being able to hold on to Wilfred Zaha is what will allow them to push for a top half finish instead of just kind of ambling at the lower part of the of the bottom half of the table. So holding on to him, a huge win so long as the mentality is right and the integration with the squad is okay. It seems to be thus far. No reason for concern. Um, But we'll just kind of see how that goes throughout the season. The window itself, though, pretty disappointing. I did like the Kamarasa signing. Yeah, Um, I was really impressed with him. And I think that's loan to buy, which is probably the right way for that. I'm not really sure how he's meant to fit in. My guess is that he's supposed to fit in alongside... Um, Milivojevic and behind Meyer but they haven't really used Meyer right and I'm just honestly not sure he was the talent we thought he was at this stage Um but on the whole pretty disappointing window for me for Palace I've given them a C- minus. just leaving right back and striker as clear holes in your squad is not a super great
2: strategy it's a D for me Um Stephen Henderson is the epitome of mediocrity um, but, you know, he's a backup goalkeeper, so what do you expect? James McCarthy, four years ago, was a good midfielder, but he's barely played in the last three. He's had a lot of injuries, so you don't really know what you're getting. Um, I, I think Gary Cahill is two years past the point of being a good Premier League defender, and Jordan AU will always just be, you know, the lesser Aiu, Um and, and that's a problem considering his brother's not that good either. Camarassa I do like, but my issues lie with the fact that they brought in fifty million for Juan Basaka, and their net spend is about four million. Um, they've left themselves with a gaping hole at, at right back. They've left themselves in dire need of goals. And even look, you mentioned Wolf Saha. Look, I've never been the biggest Saha fan. I think I think he's great as a you know a big fish in a small pond when the TV lights and and all that come on. But I think on a week-to-week base, I think he's just too inconsistent. I think he's too interested in making defenders look silly um, and getting highlight clips from himself to be as productive as a player of his ability should be. But I, I have to give him credit because I think a lot of players would have properly thrown the toys from the pram Um because they they massively priced him out of a move. I mean, eighty million they were looking for him, and that's ridiculous, utterly ridiculous. So you know, but he he's been very very professional. He's got his head down. He's worked hard. He's come back, and and he's playing full bore. He's not half arsing. He's not just floating through till January when maybe he can pick up a. F- he's committed to the cause, and he's giving his all. But I do wonder if at some point he's going to sit down and think, God, do I really want to slog through another season of this under this fella? You know, passing to that thing that we call a striker that we paid 30 million for from Liverpool. I, I want to go to Everton. I mean, that's the thing. He, he was willing to go to Everton. Not Arsenal, not Spurs, not Liverpool, not Chelsea, not United. Everton. He That's the move he was willing to make. Because that's what he saw as a jump up. And it is a jump up. But I mean if you if you've got real ambition you want to go to a top club. So Yeah, is it enough I of he, one to kick up a fuss? That's the thing, but but that's is he is he really so, ambitious enough? And I think therein lies part of the problem with but, but like I say, credit to him, he's he's put his head down, he's got back to work. But I think they've just left themselves with a lot of big holes. I think the fact that their best centre back is Sacco, best centre back by quite a distance is Sacco who's always injured is a red flag as as well. A um, little bit of insider, you know, in-the-know thing I can just drop here. Uh, Nathaniel Klein would have been going to Crystal Palace if he hadn't blown his knee out. Um, so that's probably what their plan was at right... Well, that is what mm. their plan was at right-back. But to not have a backup plan... I mean, Wan-Bissaka left on July 1st. So you had basically the whole transfer window. Yeah. You had six weeks. And and you didn't do anything. The Kamarasa, I like. I do think think if they were to play a 4-2-3-1 with him and Milojovic and Townsend on the right and Zaha on the left and Meyer behind Ayu, I think they could cause teams a lot of problems just with movement, with pace, with energy. And keep Benteke as far away from the field as possible. Because when he plays, it's, you know... You're a big NBA fan. It's it's the clogged toilet offense that you know nobody wants to watch, and it just isn't functional anymore. It's like it's like watching basically a Tom Thibodeau team, if you will. Uh, and I had some of that as a Wolves <laughs> fan. Um, but look, uh, you know, it's it's a D for me because I think they've got three major holes in the team, th- in the team, including centre back because of the sacco injuries. I don't see the goals. I just don't see the goals in this team that will get them anywhere above fourteenth. Um and they're managed by Hodgson and that and that always knocks a grade off, I'm afraid. I'm sorry, you know, Jay from the Eagles Beak. Maybe you're a Hodgson fan, my friend, but he's not for me. He never will be. Um so yeah, I've gotta give give it a D. What I will say is my most f favourite moment of, of Palace's transfer window was Jason Punching Leaving on a uh, on a free transfer, and signing for Paphos, who <laughs> so I think are in Cyprus. I yeah, I think Cyprus. so. And some like official from the Cypriot league said it was the greatest moment in the history of the league to have such a star player come to their league. Yep,
1: Jason. Uh, Jason
2: Punchin. Punchin. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, Doddy for me.
1: Yeah. All right, well, now I'm just going to sit back and relax as you talk about the Ev.
2: Yeah, um, the Ev, a great bunch of lads. This is this is hard for me because they've done things I like this, this summer. No, they, they, and we foretold they tend, this.
1: As soon as yeah, they, they brought in a proper director of football, we were like, mm, things might start to turn around. A
2: proper director of football and a manager with a real idea on how he wants to play – that isn't just, you know, swimming in gravy and thumping long balls into a big centre forward. <laughs> um I, I like what they've done, I have to say. I think I think again, though they needed more. Like let's Andre Gomez, they've kept him 22 million. He was decent for them last season. They like him, I think, a lot more than they should, but he, he's a he's a solid midfield player. He you know he brings a bit of creativity He's decent at getting them from one position of the pitch to the next, which is what they kind of, they, they need someone in the middle phases. Um, Jonas Lossal I like. I think he's a good, solid backup goalkeeper. Fabian Delf for probably six million, undisclosed, but I'm guessing in six million. Makes sense. Gives them a bit of experience in midfield. Can well, play a couple of the- did play well at the weekend, and he is capable of that. You know, he's not going to play like that every week, but six, seven, eight times a season, he'll give you a solid performance. And that's really all you can ask for a guy uh, of his age who's been around as long as he has. I do like Baman, the midfielder they brought from Mines. I think he's a little, still a little bit raw and a little bit headless at times and can launch himself into tackles that maybe he shouldn't. But he is, he is a talent, and he's a good ball winner. And it's he's what they need. Having having lost Idris um, Ganegay to PSG, so and he brings physicality as well, which is badly needed in midfield for them. Um, Alex Awobi, we mentioned him earlier. He's he's a good player. He's talented, but they've massively overpaid. I mean, massively overpaid. You, you could see that they wanted Zaha. And this was their fallback plan, and they fell back into it. And and that's fair enough. Um, but Moise Keane is, I think, one of the best signings by any Premier League club this summer. I think he's a huge, huge talent. Um, Graham Souness is currently being pillared for asking questions. Now... I know he has a track record of asking questions about players of certain pigmentation, but let's look at the players he's asked about. Emmanuel Adebayor, tosser, absolute tosser, who caused trouble pretty much everywhere he went. Mm. Paul Pogba, arguably one of the six or seven most talented players on the planet, who regularly turns in three out of ten performances and has a questionable application and work ethic. Um, So I think the questions about them are justified. Um, I think the hammering, like Graham Souness, for those that don't know, Graham Souness is the best midfield player any British country has ever produced. By a a fucking mile. He just is. He's maybe the best midfield player to ever play in England. So he's allowed talk about midfielders, should he see fit. He's not the only one that's hammered Paul Pogba. Pogba has more talent than Souness did, but he's nowhere near the level of player Graeme Souness was. So he's right in what he says about Pogba. And people can put it down to race. It's nonsense. There is questions over why Juventus let Moise Keen go. This is a player they've been hyping since he was 16. And all of a sudden they just turn around. The pitch. Yeah, and absolutely. And he he's been very very good and very very effective for for them but obviously when a big club lets a kid who was clearly in their plans up until may lets him lets him go in august you do have to ask some questions and then you start hearing oh well you know he was sent home from this italian training camp for being late and you know, there was a couple of issues at juventus with being late and whatever so obviously there, there are questions to ask, and that's all Souness seemed to do was ask questions, but people le- leveled them for... Look, regardless, this kid is a phenom. He is going to get goals. He is a big e- unit who will surprise everybody with how technically good he is, with his finishing instincts, with his movement. His work rate is there. He's going to be a very good player, and I think Everton have paid about $30 million with no buyback option for Juve. So that's a great deal for them. They should be really, really happy with it. And him and Richarlison up front, that's a pairing that I can get on board with. Even as a Liverpool fan, that's a pairing I look at and go, that's, that's pretty good, especially for the Ev. That is pretty good. If they could get someone who can supply them with chances, them two boys will get them a lot of goals. And that's two lads that will develop and grow together. So that's very important for them. Um, I really like the signing of Gibral sadibi I think he's what they need. I think they've needed a right back. I don't think Seamus Coleman's quite been the same since he came back from the leg break. Um, and I think they've needed an upgrade there. And he is an upgrade. He's better than Coleman going forward. He's a little bit headless defensively at times, but he's, he's a great athlete. You've got him and Lucas Dina as fullbacks. That's very, very good. Um you know, some people have them as Francis best starting pair. So, you know, mm. there's something there. I think there's potential for the centre-backs to grow together, Keane and Mina. Mina's fitness, obviously, is is a, you know, question mark. But if they can stay together, there's, there's a partnership to develop there. Uh, Baman is injured for a little while now, but him and Silva will form something when he gets back. Um, and then they just need to figure out the attack. We're, but we've both been fans of Gilfie over the years. But I think sure. they may may need to start looking at a different option. I think he slows them down a little bit too much. I think having him in means you have to play a certain shape. It's just the think,
1: furthering death of the true 10. Like, it's just not as much a thing anymore.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think they need more of an attacking number 8 to allow them to play a midfield three and allow them to tuck those wide players in closer to the number nine. I think if they can do that, I think that's when we really see, you know, the likes of Richarlison and Moisa Keane really take off. Um, I don't so much like some of their outgoings. Uh, I have to say, I think they did very well to get 30 million from PSG for, for Idrissa, especially, mm. Considering he asked out in January, it's been clear that they were going to sell him, that he was going to force a move. I think to get your asking price in that circumstance is very, very good. But I have to say, really don't like them selling Nikola Vlasic for £14 I think they really should have kept him and played him. He'd be in my starting Everton team. I think he's very, very talented. I think he would have fit well into a 4-3-3. I uh, really don't like them selling Adam Ola Luckman, even though they got great money for him. Yeah, I think Luckman, Keane and Richarlison as a front three could have been fantastic. If you were going to sell him, then you've got to keep Henry uh, Onyokuru. You've got to keep one of them. You really should be keeping both, but you've got to keep one of them. They've sold both of them. Um, I think that's really bad planning. To lose or to sell those three young, highly talented players when you have people like Theo Walcott in your squad, that to me just doesn't work. I just I, I can't make that fit. The the
1: thing that I I just need an answer to is how do you sell Lookman and then buy a Wobi? Like what what was yeah, the thought th- process that's, there?
2: That's the thing. Like I I would much rather have. Luckman and Onyekuru, then Iwobi and Walcott, and it doesn't make sense to me that they bought Walcott a couple of years ago when they didn't need him, and they have bought Iwobi this summer when they could have just kept one of the two guys that they sold. I I don't I don't understand it. I I would need I would literally need Marcel Brands to sit down in front of me and explain to me what he was thinking. Um.
1: Especially because a lot of these moves were so good that just stands out to me as like the you had one of those, got rid of him for nothing and then overpaid on the same thing, but yeah. worse? <laughs> it's just and and older.
2: Um, and, not, and not as good a fit with what you had because if you look at Richarlison prefers to play from the left of the front three, but he's having to play from the right because,
1: because of Bernard.
2: Of well, because of Bernard and be prefers to play from the left as well. So, I don't know where it's all gonna fit for them when everybody's fit and they get what they see their best eleven being like I speak to to a couple of Everton fans quite regularly. one of them's Dave downey who runs the the Blue Room podcast so for any Everton fans that aren't aware of that it's it's a very very good um subscription service. They do some free stuff as well, but very, very good podcast. Dave's one of the nicest people to ever speak to um and he I I said to him, what's your best eleven now? And he named what he felt was their best eleven. And Alex Awobi wasn't in it. I'm like, dude, you spent 40 million on him. And he's like, yeah, but he's not in the best eleven. I was like, right, well, then I have to take a mark off <laughs> for, for my grade. So because <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, genuinely was looking at giving them a B plus. Mm-hmm. It would have been an A if they'd kept. Luckman and Anya Corral, and Vlasic.
1: Which bought. were the only reason we gave them a decent grade, whatever window that was, because didn't they all yeah. come in together?
2: They all came in at the same time under the last. Um, well, maybe. Oh, actually, right, right, right. Two, oh, who was two it? Two regimes ago. Kuhnman and the fella, Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh, that's what it was, yeah. Um, that That's the summer that they bought Gilfie, um, the fella from my ex whose name I can't remember. Oh, Claassen, Davy Claassen, Davy Claassen and Vlasic, who all played
1: the same position. The same yeah, they positions. bought three or four attacking midfielders. Yeah. yeah,
2: they forgot that they'd already signed a couple, so they just kept signing them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, I think Everton went in the right direction, but in the most Everton way possible, got lost along the way, and they end up with a B when it should have been a nailed on A. It really should have been a nailed on A. They were doing so well.
1: Yeah, it was definitely uh, interesting to see them let go of all of those players. And I'm sure you know I was a huge fan of Adrissa Guy. I know he wanted to go, and 30 million is a good fee, but they are definitely worse without him. Kobaman um, yeah. could turn that around long term, but uh, that one just bummed me out. But pairing Delph and Gomez, I think, is perfectly fine. And then knowing that uh, they'll, one of them will be supplanted relatively soonish, ish, um, depending on how players develop. Totally agree. Um, on Moise Keane, who is just fantastic. And like you said, it, it is going to engender them playing a lot more quickly uh, instead of trying to play up to Cenk Tosin, which they tried to do for a while. Calvert-Lewin just is not a Premier League striker. Sorry, not sorry. But on the whole, I've given them a B. I, I, I don't think it was too bad. And the upside that, that they could get through Keen is really high considering they've been looking for a striker for some time now, basically since Lukaku left. Um, moving on to Leicester, uh, and just just a fantastic window from them. Um, somehow managed to secure Tielemans on a permanent while bigger clubs were distracted elsewhere. I know Tottenham had him as their second or third target this window, um, but tielemans but and uh, Donbley was first. So we were looking there. Manchester United asked him to hold on because they didn't know what was happening with Pogba. Obviously, Pogba ends up staying. Taylorman's moved to Leicester way before they had made that decision on Pogba. It, it just seemed like everything just lined up perfectly for Leicester to be able to poach him. Um, and, and obviously getting him in, in in January so that he was already familiar with the club and the club were familiar with him made it all the easier. Um, but I'm sure after his performances, somebody was trying to get him in, but he, he seemed comfortable with Leicester, so he goes there. With his six months of experience, Dennis Pratt is a really sneaky signing, um, and I thought was just a really, really great one. For those wondering why they bought him when they have Madison, it's because, I don't know if you've watched Leicester, but Madison ain't going to be there long. Um, very, very highly touted. Obviously, Liverpool and Tottenham were both interested in Madison when he was leaving Norwich. Um, so, Pratt being a built-in partner for now, and then an inbuilt replacement for when Madison leaves, I think is excellent business. Perez, probably an overpay, but a great counterattack option, which is obviously how they want to play for however long uh, Jamie Vardy's legs will keep churning. Um, He's had a slow start, but Perez is just hot and cold. You just have to recognize that. If he was always hot, if he was always at his best, he'd be at a top six club, but he's not. So being at Leicester where they're contending for the top six, I think is just about right. And, you know, all of that, maybe B+, B, eh, whatever. Here's where just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff $80 for Maguire is incredible business in and of itself. Maguire is one of the better defenders in the Premier League. I will say that. I'm not sure if Dave's on my side on this one. Uh, Manchester United certainly paid as though he was. But he is obviously not the best player at that position in the Premier League, and that's what was paid. Um, Then what has made this an even better window, which is what takes it all the way up to the A+, is that despite everything we've ever known about the brudge, He just sits on that money and says, we bought Soyuncu last year, right? We bought Benkovic. We trusted in them last year. He managed Benkovic last year, by the way, at Celtic. And then we're just like, you know what? We got this 80000000 million. We're not going to go grab a dunk like you mentioned, Dave. We're not going to go out there and spend way too much on Tarkovsky. We're going to trust our process, which bought us two very talented young center backs last year. Let's give them a chance. And that is staggeringly good business in the Premier League, considering how frequently the other choice is made. Um, So for their purchases, a B, for their sale of Maguire, an A. For their sale of Maguire and not panic buying another replacement, it's an A-plus from me.
2: Yeah, and it's an A-plus from me as well. Um, Though I think you're assigning praise where it's unwarranted. Brendan (laughs) was very much on the let's buy Lewis Dunk wagon who's English and
1: has
2: that two that legs <laughs> yeah I was told that's not your decision to make Brendan the players will be signed for you and I said down and shut up um, I really like what they've done in terms of their incomings James Justin is a very very good young fullback uh, he was my first choice to Liverpool this summer to go and get as a backup right back from Luton they got him in for 6 million rising to 8 it's a very very good deal he can play both sides can play as a winger if need be he will give good cover to Ricardo. And, of course, Ricardo can also be used as a winger. So you can play both of them together, and I think they'll fit well. Uh, he's one to watch for everybody. I think they've overpaid for Eosie Perez. But, like, everything you said about him is correct. The only concern I have is that Brendan seems to think he's a right winger um, and has stuck him on the right wing. And that's not going to lead to a productive Eosie Perez um, but he's a good player, and he adds. Would to Would you them. play him
1: off the shoulder of Vardy? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, I'd let him float in that sort of that area with Vardy through the middle, um, because I think, I think that's just where he he you'll get the most out of him. I mean, I, I like him. I I would have had him at Liverpool as like a Firmino light kind of backup. Um, I think he's got similar enough traits in his game. I think he's always willing to work hard. He's obviously worked under an excellent tactician for the last couple of years, working under Rafa, and he's really rounded out his game from the sort of inconsistent young player he was say four years ago. I think he's a good player now. He's just he's lacking that little bit that will make him, you know, like you said, a top six player. But for Leicester, yeah, he's a good player. Um, Taylorman's is is again one of the signings of the summer. It's it's tremendous sure. business. What a player. I mean, I know you guys signed Endembele, but you should have signed him as well because they would have fit seamlessly together. Yeah, I think the um, choice
1: was Lo Celso or Endembele or him, and we just went with the other two, but would have loved yeah. him, obviously.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, just a, a, a tremendous player. And I think if they if they keep playing this 4-1, 4-1 formation, I think that midfield trio of him and Madison as the more attacking two with Ndidi sitting and holding and doing all the dirty work. That's very, very strong. Um, I really like the sinus of signing of Dennis Praet. I think he gives them, as you mentioned, he can play with either of them. He can play with, with both of them as well. You could easily switch to a diamond play Ndidi as the sitting player. um, The two Belgians in the engine and, and Madison as a 10 behind the front two of Perez and Vardy. And I mean, that's a very strong team. We know they've got quality fullbacks. Ricardo and Chilwell are one of, I would say, one of the three best fullback pairings in the Premier League. Agreed. I think I think outside of Liverpool and City, I and even uh, City's even questionable because who is their left back?
1: Right. Um, I mean, them getting Angelino the back is great, but we can talk about that later.
2: Yeah, um so yeah, I mean they might even be the second best uh, second best pair of fullbacks in the league. They're very very good players. Um selling Harry Maguire for 80 million is is sorcery. It's genius. It's it's getting Ferrari money for a Toyota. Um he's he's a good defender, but that's what he is. He's a good defender. He's not a great defender. He's not Virgil Van Dijk. but you've paid Virgil Van Dyke kind of money for him. Um, he's certainly, if you're listing centre backs from around the world, he's not one of the twenty five best centre backs in the game. I don't think anyway. I think he's, I think he's somewhere in the six to ten range in the Premier League. Um, I know we have two better. I know you have two, maybe three better. Depends on. What day it is for Davinson.
1: Oh my god! Um, it's not been his year thus far.
2: No it hasn't. But I mean. The, look he's. He, he's not helped by the fact that he's in and out. And in and out. And in and out. And he's having to play with. Toby one week. And the next. Both of them the next. Stuck it right back against Arsenal. Was very poor management. Mm-hmm. When you have. When you have an established right back. Sitting on your bench. To play a centre back out of position. Is inexcusable by Pochettino at the weekend. Um. I really like what, what Leicester have done. I think especially when you look at, at their loans and the, the loans out, I should say, and you see the two names there, Slamini and Adrian Silva, and that gives you a look into the mistakes that they've made in the past. They can't even sell them. They pay, I think they spent 75 or 80 million on those two guys, and now they can't even sell them. They've both gone on loan to Monaco, who love to pay for people. They couldn't <laughs> sell them this summer. Um, that that shows the mistakes that they've made in the past. This this is a great window, and this is this is consecutive good summers from Leicester City. Yeah. Um, the one thing I would have liked to have seen them do is go and find a successor to Casper Schmeichel. I think it, it's time to start looking at that next stage um, in that position, but. Oh, other than that, I, I can't fault them. I think they've I think they've addressed everything. Like you say, to not go and spend that money at centre back, and to go, you know what, we have Sayonku. We we paid a lot of money for him. We got him from right under the nose of Arsenal and other clubs that were after him. Um, Benkovic is another very high talent centre back. We already have Johnny Evans, um, who's one of the steadiest centre backs in the league. And I mean, we were both stunned last yeah. season. When Leicester landed him for three million. We both have taken him at our clubs yeah. as a backup. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for better for that kind of price. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very impressed with what Leicester have done this window. It's an A plus from me.
1: Same for me, and then we will wrap up this part one of these two parts of our twenty team Premier League transfer window review with, of course, Dave's beloved Liverpool. Not too much to talk about, to be honest, but what did you make of the Liverpool window?
2: Um, Yeah, it's disappointing to me. Um, I think we were in an incredibly strong position where barring Barcelona and Real Madrid, who are always the two most um, enticing clubs for everybody, I don't think anyone in Europe could have said they were a bigger draw than us. European champions... Um, a manager everybody loves. A phenomenal team. <clears throat> but we, we had a couple of needs. Um, In our best 11, we had one and still have one gaping need for a goal-scoring attacking midfielder to go with Fabinho and Gini Wijnaldum in the short term, Naby Keita in the long term. We needed... Another attacker, someone closer to the level of our front three. Nicolas Pepe seemed to be the choice, but I think we 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 might have liked him at 50 million, but when it got to 70, it just wasn't for us. Um, we needed depth at fullback, and I would have liked to have seen a young centre-back brought in with Lovren, moved on. Um, we ran into the foreseeable issue that nobody wanted to buy Dejan Lovren. Um, there was talk that AC Milan did, and then Romo wanted to won. go
1: for Chris Smalling on loan instead.
2: Yeah, you know, because cause they were linked with him, and then it turned out that then he wanted to loan him. Because um, again, I assume they'd seen him play, so they loaned Chris Smalling, which you know tells you where their minds were. Um, in terms of what we did, we brought in uh, Seb Berg, very talented young centre back um, from from Holland, one point three million rising to four point four he's a project it's going to be a couple of years before he's ready for the premier league just physically i think in terms of talent wise he's probably okay now but physically he's a long way off Bit like a bit like uh what's the argentinian kid you got Foyt. Foyt. yeah um like has the talent you can see he, he reads the game well and understands it well but just physically he's not quite there yet um harvey elliott's a is a great get he's one of the best young players in europe at his age he's only 16 um so to get him from fulham um it'll be a trip he, he does he needs this. there's question marks over the hair there's question marks over a lot of things i mean he's he's clearly a player who who's very very confident in his own ability um but look if if he turns out to be even a decent squad player for us that it's a good deal. We'll, we'll only pay four or five million in the tribunal. If, he, if even that, um, I like the signing of Adrian from West Ham. He's one I, I was very much in favour of when we did our transfer committee podcast on AI Pro. He's the goalkeeper that we settled on. Um, just he fits the profile, build, style, level. I think he's he's an upgrade on Mignolet. Um, and Andy Lonergan was brought in because we were desperate for a third keeper because Allison got injured. He's he's nowhere near the quality required. Hopefully he never has to see the pitch play. But I'm I'm delighted for him because this is a fellow who got released by Middlesbrough and probably thought he was going to end up playing in League Two, and here he is now playing for Liverpool. And his, you know, you you I follow I followed him and his wife on Twitter for a couple of years actually because they, like he caught me out a few years ago for so he said something funny, and then he, he just has. A good personality, and he's just so thrilled. It's this is everything. This is the the peak of his career to be third choice keeper at Liverpool. I mean, that's it's a great it's a great story, and he helps with the with the quota thing as well. But I think we've done really well in terms of outgoings. Um, sold Rafa Camacho, we got five million rising to seven. Sold Danny Ings, we got eight million rising to twenty. Sold Simon Mignolet for six. Point five rising to eight and sold Ryan Kent for I think six rising to seven and a half something in that ballpark. Um, none of them did anything for us. Like they, I, I think Mignolet played one game last year and Camacho might have made one sub-appearance but Ings and, and Kent were on loan last season. They, these players were, added nothing to us and we've gotten close enough to 40 million for them so that that's quite good um we obviously couldn't sell Lovren because no one wanted him we told Lallana to leave and he wouldn't and no one wanted him either um we've loaned out Grujic, we've loaned out Grabara we've loaned out Harry Wilson and they're all players that will you know get good development. I think Wilson will probably leave next summer. I don't think anyone, any, there's any idea that he'll stay at Liverpool long, long-term. But Grabara and Grujic do seem to be in the long-term plans. Um, In terms of a grade, it's really hard for me, Kev, because like I said, we were in such a strong position. We had clear needs and we sat on our hands. And even though I'm impressed by... You know the players we we did bring in. I think they, you know, I said earlier I wanted a young centre back. Vanderberg fills that. Harvey Elliott's a great get as a young attacker for the long term. And Adrian was the keeper that I wanted, but I mean, we we don't have we have one right back and one left back at our club. James Milner is pretty much the backup in both positions. He's a mediocre midfielder. He's not a he's a crap full back. He's our back or full-back. Um, we, we have no attacking midfielder. Uh, we don't have the attacker we needed. So I suppose, as I said to you last year, it's better to sign nobody than to make a bad signing. But at the same time, with the run we've been on over the last few years, we haven't made a bad signing in a long time. So for me, it's a C-minus.
1: Yeah, I've given it a D just because, like we talked about in January, and I know that was your point then as well, there is one barometer at this point. Did you get better than Manchester City? And the answer mm-hmm. is no. And yeah. you obviously can't get better than them depth-wise because they have a whole second 11, much like Mourinho said. Their second 11 is a top-four side. But you could get a better starting 11, eh, yeah. arguably. But you, you did not take that step. I mean, obviously, Fabinho betting in... Is great. The Kaita injury just sucks. Um, but your starting 11 isn't like that far off. And so to just not see anything uh, shown, I was just well, really Well, I'd argue our
2: starting 11 is, is better than theirs. Really? You think I it's genuinely the depth that, think it that is. seals it? Yeah. We, we've got a better goalkeeper, we've got a better back four, and we've got a better front three. We've got a better defensive midfielder.
1: Oof, better front three.
2: I might argue that. Oh, we absolutely do. Game. We absolutely have. Yeah? We've, we've got the best front three in Europe. I'm sorry. It, it, like They might have better individual players in the front three, but in terms of how ours combine, okay. ours are unmatched. I can give you they, that. They, they, yeah. have, they, have, but they have Mahrez and Gabby uh, Jesus to come off the bench. They are right. two Instead of Origi exceptional and, players. Yeah. And we've got Origi and right. Um You know look if nabi was 100% fit and was was integrated i think i think him and fabinho was two thirds of a very good midfield um but i mean we've got jordan Henderson. they've got kevin de bruyne i mean that's a, that's a massive goal i mean they can bring ilkay gundogan and either rodri or fernandinho off the bench right. off the bench and we've got james milner um you look at the full back positions I take Trent over Kyle Walker as a footballer, but I mean their backup right back Kinsella. is Jeff Salo. Yeah, um, yeah, you know what I mean sixty million for him. Our backup is James Milner. Um, they've got Mendy and and uh, Angelino, Angelino. left back. We've got we've got an- Andy Robertson, who I think's better than either of them. But again, our backup is James Milner, and that to me is just is an issue. Like. I think our 11 is better than theirs, but I think, I just think, they, they, like you say, they've got a second 11 that is all international players, including a couple who are, you know, they've got like three sixty million pound players who probably aren't in their best 11 in Canseo, mm. in, in Rodri, who's probably not going to be first choice this year because Fernandinho is so important. And, and on Maris or Bernardo. Do you know what I mean? Like it, that's insane. Um, like Leroy Sané got injured. Now, so so say if Sadio Mane got injured for us, like that's that'd be devastating. That'd be like we've got no chance to win the league. Leroy Sané gets injured, and it's like, eh, okay, we'll just move Sterling across to this side, and we'll just plug Bernardo Silva. And Sterling's in better on the left on anyway. So. Yeah, and but like, and Bernardo Silva might have been the best player in the league after Virgil Van Dijk last season, yeah. so. It's like there's just they're they're an absolute monster and yeah. our only saving grace we'll get to when we get to them is is the Laporta injury might might be what turns the title for us but mm. I, I just think we had such an opportunity this summer and look we just you talked needed an Leicester. attacking player for me like take Yuri Thielemans mm. and plug Yuri Thielemans into our team over Jordan Henderson with Fabinho and all and of a
1: sudden. Kaita, yeah
2: with Fabinho and Naby, and all of a sudden, I think we've got a midfield that's a match for anybody. Um, and and then you've got Ox coming back, and G- and Ginny Wijnaldum as your backup, too. And all of a sudden, now your midfield looks super strong. Right. That's a five-man midfield you can really get behind. Um, but, like, we, we just we let ourselves down. Like, I, I know there was, you know, mitigating circumstances with all the money we had to pay out because... A lot of the deals we did had big kickers to the the clubs we mm-hmm. bought from if we won the Champions League. But my God, we took in so much money last year. There wasn't money for there wasn't. You couldn't have found forty million just to get like to get uh, Eriq Thielmans or somebody of that. Or level. the first installment um, of Nicolas Pepe, which is what Arsenal did anyway. Yeah, or or or, or the first installment of Bruno Fernandez, who would have been
1: yeah, I know perfect, insane that he's um, still at Sporting. I cannot imagine what his agent is doing.
2: Yeah, I feel sorry for him because that He's either on trash. a protracted deal
1: They're... to Real Madrid or nothing's happening and either are not good.
2: No, and their big summer signing is Yannick O'Glassi. So, you know, uh, Soz, uh Bruno, we've let <laughs> you down. But, you know, like if you could you could have got, if you had got, if we got him or, or, or Yuri Tillemans, either of those two and... James, Justin, and Lloyd Kelly. Now, all told, you're looking at 60 million. We brought in 40 from the players we sold. Um, if we'd been able to just find anybody to take Lalana and and say and Lovren, that might have left us with four or five million to make up. You know, it it just it, it's a bit it's a bit significant, and yeah, it probably is, is worth a D, but. I just think the sa- the sales bump it to a C-. minus.
1: Yeah, like I said, I-, I gave it a D. But maybe that's too harsh. I just kind of thought you would push harder to to contend in the league to, to mm. get a trophy that obviously means so much uh, to the fan base. But that is where we will leave part one. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for jumping on with us, of course. Tell the folks who they can get at you.
2: Um, on Twitter, at DaveHendrick underscore. My account's locked, though. Because I, I just don't like people, so um I probably won't accept your request. I apologize in advance. It's not because I'm an asshole. It might be a little bit, but it's 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 it's, it's not you. It's a hundred percent me. Um, and you're not really missing much. It's just me calling Jordan Henderson shit and things like that. But do check out Anf- Anfield Index and especially Anfield Index Pro. Lots of good stuff there. Um, Kenny Dog Leash is, has a podcast on Anfield Index Pro. Kenny Dog Leash. So you know you're not going to find anybody with a better podcaster um, than Kenny Douglas so do check it out
1: yeah an absolute pleasure as always Dave we love doing these for you if you guys have any thoughts we tend to get some uh, social media feedback after these so if you think we're wrong or dumb or incredibly smart in the two best voices you've ever heard on a podcast, uh, then do let us know, of course, at EPL Roundtable. If you have any questions, you can also email us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. Uh, that'll do it for this part one again. Uh, like we said before, you can find part two later in the week um, here at EPL Roundtable. So thanks again today for coming on, and uh, we'll be back with part two soonish.